0: Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Premier League show. It's a show that liked David Moyes last night and that was a very odd feeling. On today's pod we're looking forward and back to the latter via a review of another eventful, crazy and often surprising year in the English top flight. We'll also be going around the grounds as always. And accompanying me as we traverse the space-time continuum, I'm delighted to be joined by the splendid company of Lloyd and Chris Apakis. Lloyd, hiya sir, how are ya? Morning, Steve.
1: Yeah, I'm very well. Um, just love West Ham,
0: mate. Oh, what a club. <laughs> Go on, boysy lad. Um, it feels like only yesterday we were potting. Was it yesterday or the day before? Yeah, no, it was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything happened in the meantime?
1: Oh well, West Ham got a banger of a result at the Emirates last night, didn't they? Um, I just love those West Ham Chester City videos. I mean, they've they've done us so many favors over over recent years it really feels like we
0: uh, we owe them one um, yeah yeah, yeah. love them we, we must have done them a favour or two back it, it can't just be one way um, no 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 well yeah. just give well just give us Packetar once the uh, once the <laughs> over yeah we'll chuck you 80 million so you can't complain everyone's a winner uh, Chris you there
2: Steve, Lloyd, how are you guys going? Good to be with you both, as always.
0: Very good to have you on, sir. We were just talking off air, how are you planning to spend New Year? Um,
2: New Year's Day on the beach? Yeah, New Year's Day on the beach, um, weather permitting, but um, I think New Year's Eve is always a bit of a letdown, at least here in Australia, so I can't, can't say I'm gonna be up to too much exciting on, on New Year's Eve, but New Year's Day should be a cracker. What about you,
0: Lloyd? Are you a New Year's Eve go out and get hammered kind of guy?
1: Oh, cheers, Steve! You know me well. Um, <laughs> no, I mean going out's often a bit of a uh, bit of a fallacy, isn't it? Because it can mm-hmm. just be a nightmare. But um, I usually usually do something that's organised with mates. So, like this year, some friends have put on. They've hired a uh, kind of disused. I think it's warehouse in. Berman Z, and they're putting all the money to um, mental health charity. They're putting on like a bit of a right, bit of like a party, um, like a dis- disco kind of music in this disused warehouse. So I think that will actually be quite fun, and it's only like people invited who know the uh, host So it's not like a public event. So that could actually be decent.
0: Yeah, well, uh, you know, like us signing Pacita for eighty million. It that sounds very win win. You know, everyone to win it. So yeah. <laughs> Nice, well done, sir. Um, Okay, before we get to this weekend and going around the grounds, we have to look back at last night's result. Um, Possibly pivotal, who knows, we'll know more in time. But certainly it's kind of opened up a whole can of worms at the top. Arsenal 0, West Ham 2. I didn't see it, Chris didn't see it, you saw it, Lloyd. So over to you, sir. What First of all, did West Ham deserve the result? Yeah, absolutely. They
1: did. They played really well. Um, They did what West Ham kind of always have done under Moyes in recent years, which is they really picked their moments um, to attack. But when they did, they were very clinical and they defended really well. And they had had Zuma uh, out last night, who's their captain. They had to play Og Bonner, who's 35, second start in the league this season. So, you know, really unideal circumstances. And you look, I looked at the Arsenal team before uh, kick-off, and obviously, you know, we've got a few absentees at the moment. Liverpool's struggling with a few injuries. You know, Villa have got loads. Spurs have got loads. That Arsenal team was basically their first 11. Um, Ernie Havertz was out, and, you know, I, I think you can make an argument whether he's in their first 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And West Ham were great. I mean, Pakitar went down with an injury in the warm-up and it looked like he wasn't going to play. And then he played the first 30 or so minutes before he got injured and went off. But he had an impact um, helping with the goal. And, yeah, I mean, Arsenal created chances. Uh, It was a good night for Gabby Jesus and Zinchenko. Not. There was a lot of tweets online from Arsenal saying they're done with those two. Zinchenko was at fault for particularly the first goal, uh, but just didn't have a good game. us kind of run him inside out and uh, Jesus missed a few chances, but most notably a big header at the back post, um, which I think he should have scored, which really gave City fans flashbacks. But no, uh, West Ham deserved it and I don't know, it was just, to me, that's quite an unexpected result. I didn't, I really thought Arsenal would not just win, but win quite comfortably there. Um, but it just underlines West Ham's kind of role as the ultimate banner club because, I mean, this season, um, just this month, they've been beaten five. They've conceded <laughs> yeah. five in back-to-back games. Yeah. So once to Fulham and then away to to Liverpool, which you know, that's kind of justifiable. But even so, this month they've gone away to the Emirates. They've gone away to Spurs' stadium and won, and they've beaten United. All in the same month. Um,
0: yeah, I just I they're just above United now as well. I mean the sixth. Yes, yeah. looks like you know how it was two years ago. Was it two or maybe three years ago when West Ham were really pushing and trying to kind of get into that top six? It could well be a return to those days. And yeah, it's it's also it's their highest ever total after 19 games in the. Oh really? Well. Yeah, that is a surprise. Okay,
1: but, I mean they're only they're only they're only four points behind City. I appreciate we've got a game in hand, but.
0: Hmm. That's you know, it's not a lot. You know what What strikes me as well, another aspect of looking at last night's games, is Brighton beating Tot- uh, Tottenham 4-2. Had Tottenham mm. won, they'd be level with Villa. They'd be kind of third on goal difference, would they? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we'd be talking today about are Tottenham in the mix? Whereas, that's how close it is at the top right now. One defeat, and they're probably not going to get mentioned here on in. As it is, the top four, Chris... Oh, wow, what a season we've got. I mean, five points separating the top four. I can't recall it being this this close in living memory. It's. I mean, even if we take our kind of, you know, city glasses off, it's exciting, isn't it?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think if this morning's results with Arsenal losing to West Ham is anything to go by, it's uh, it's going to be a season full of upsets and the big dogs are going to drop points here and there like Arsenal have, like Liverpool have this season and and obviously like we have as well this year. So... It makes a, for a really interesting and exciting season for us fans and for the neutrals as well to see how it, it all pans out. but. Yeah, West Ham have sort of slightly surprised me. I mean, losing a player like Declan Rice and not really suffering too much Mm. of a big hangover from winning the Conference League last year. You know, they're also playing European football midweek. And yet, as Lloyd said, they're still sitting sixth place on the table, only four points from us. So um, I think they're quietly going about their business. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're playing some form of European football next week, next season rather.
0: Yeah, and and best of all as well, just from a, a a birthing point of view, it just pushes United down as well and just kind of keeps them down a bit as well. Um, The more clubs to do that, the, the better. You'd expect Brighton and Newcastle to have a little push as well uh, in the new year. So, yeah, let's hope for a nice mid-table finish for United. But we will get to them, I'm sure, as we review 2023. Before we do, I want to stay with you, Chris, Um, as we look to Kenilworth Road the first game this weekend. And I want to start with it's almost a non footballing question really. It it's about togetherness and teammates and sport. Because Luton lost Tom Lockyer um in the most awful of circumstances a couple of weeks back. Um lost him as in, you know, unavailable you'd assume for the rest of the season and possibly beyond that. Um with his cardiac arrest on the pitch. Since then, they've won two wins on the bounce. Does this say that the squad is together and how they respond to such matters? I mean, it it really speaks well of the togetherness there, doesn't it, Luton?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, obviously, it's very concerning to hear about what happened to Tom Lockyer. And, Mm. you know, everyone wishes him, obviously, a speedy recovery and good health for years to come. But... To be fair, Luton have responded very well. Um, they're definitely showing a, a level of togetherness, and that, that usually happens when teams suffer an amount of adversity. Um, but you know, all in all, this season they're basically pretty much where I expected them to be come this part of the year. You know, currently sitting at 18th, and they're one point behind Everton. Um, and you know, they're going to be they're going to be fighting to stay up. You know, all season. And hats off to them if they can manage to stay in the league beyond this season. You know, they're a refreshing team to see in the league. You know, for obvious reasons. None more than their stadium and the atmosphere that it brings to the away fans, the players and, you know, for fans in general. And, you know, they've been fairly competitive this season. They haven't been thrashed, you know, by, by uh, more than a, two or three goals really like across the whole year. So, you know, they're only losing games by one two goals at max. So do they have the squad to compete for the, for the whole year? I mean, time will tell, but, you know, I'm wishing them all the best.
0: Yeah, well, funny enough, I said exactly the same thing and I had to do a written review of, of 2023 and, and when I came to Luton, I did say that, that that kind of everyone expected them to be you know tough to beat at home, pick up the odd point or two, to be in a relegation mix, but kind of holding their own and that's exactly what they're doing. And that's not to diminish that achievement, um, but it is kind of what we anticipated. What they need for the fan base as well is just that big statement win, which I don't think they've had yet, just for that memorable day and, and i don't wish to be patronizing here but should they go down and don't come back up again for some time just have that that game you know the one i mean the one that they can always kind of hang their hat on uh hang their hatters on and kind of uh and remember uh they're still to have that and let's hope they get that in due course but not against city at the etihad hopefully um lloyd looking at their opponents this weekend chelsea where the hell do you begin? That's my question to you. Where do you begin with Chelsea this season?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: I've, I mean, I've got a
1: few mates, uh, Chelsea fans, so <clears throat> I feel quite across
0: where they're up to because I'm on it. A... How, how are to... they? What's? I'd be interested to get their kind of. Uh, are I they, mean, are they angry at the club? Are they just despondent?
1: Yeah, I mean they're per- they're perplexed. They're, right, right. Most of their frustration though is with the ownership rather than Pochettino at this point. Okay, I think they're a bit disappointed in Pochettino in that I think they expected a bit more, which is fair enough. Uh, to be honest, given the tools that he was given and the money that was spent, I know that that was a kind of chaotic dressing room, but there's still a lot of quality in there that hasn't really shown itself, and I think. You know, if you'd have said to a Chelsea fan or even a City fan that at halfway through the season, you know, they'd be where they are. But their best player would have been Cole Palmer from Man City. I think they'd have said absolutely no way, given all the players that they've got and that they've signed. But that's how it's been. I mean they're currently tenth, uh, twenty five points, you know, level with Wolves, but like you like it says in the agenda they've i think across the whole season of sorry across the whole of 2023 mm. i think they've cons- i think they've lost it's something like 21 out of 25 or 26 games in the league it's absolutely mental it's um so look there've been i think there are a few green shoots of recovery so Mudrick has started to show a few signs in recent weeks I mean I, I really emphasise signs because he's still super raw. But athletically, you know, he's got if if you can tune him in, he's so fast and direct that, you know, there can be a player there. I don't think Enzo or Caicedo have played at all well yet. Um, so there should be more to come there. And Kunku's looked really good in the couple of games that he's played. Yes. Yeah. Um, and obviously Palmer's been like kind of the standout shining light for them. Uh but at the back, they've been they've been pretty poor. And then their two best defenders, who I know you are a big fan of, and we've always said like if they stay fit, Chelsea is so much better. Well, Chilwell and James have both had basically yeah. injury plagued seasons again. Um, and they are probably Chelsea's two most consistent players and have been in recent years. I mean, on Reece James in particular, I think he's he's almost at the point now where he's struggling a little bit to be a Premier League footballer. The amount of in- injuries he's had at his age and hamstring injuries. I mean, to have hamstring surgery at 24 is pretty mm. pretty serious. Uh, so, I think, yeah, they are obviously all over the gaff and you just don't know what you're going to get. But to be honest, at, at this stage, like against Luton, I think Luton will fancy themselves at home. I think they'll think that's three points that they can quite easily win. Which, mm. again given the the kind of um, resources of both teams, that is mental.
0: Yeah, which indeed could be that statement when I was referring to earlier. I mean, you know, okay, Chelsea are there for the beating right now, everyone knows that. But still, you know, Luton beating Chelsea at Kenilworth Road, that's a kind of, you know, 90-minute that those fans would treasure for a long, long time. Um, I just want to stay on Chelsea quickly, Chris, and... It's something that, that Lloyd referred to there, where he said there's green shoots of recovery, which there are. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. They they seem to be excused very easily. I think Chelsea. I mean, if you look at the year as a whole, uh, again as as Lloyd referred to, there's only three teams across Europe in the big five leagues who have lost more games this season, which is crazy. Um, if this was Arsenal, if this was Tottenham, if this was City, if this was Liverpool, it, it would just be day after day after day of criticism, mockery and all the rest of it. Whereas with Chelsea, it's like we all seem to accept that ah, it's a circus of a club. and But there are you know, signs of recovery there. And, and, and they, they do get excused, not just by the media, but also just by the public, I would say. Am I right to, to say such a thing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I also noticed you didn't mention United in in that. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Um, But uh, to be honest with you, I mean, Chelsea have been shambolic. And it's not just 2023, really. It's since Bowley took over last year. I mean, to see a club spend that much amount of money and make such a poor decision after poor decision and be sitting a mid table team, it's a bit of a joke, to be honest. And. You know, I think that even despite the ridiculous amounts of money that that they've spent, they still have issues with their squad. You know, like Lloyd touched on. You know, we've got Reece James and Chilwell's recurring injuries. That's obviously a concern. You know, you'd like to think that surely this is Silva's last year playing playing at Chelsea as well. You know, Enzo Carcino and Mudruk hasn't really lived up to to their price tags this season. And, you know, if I was a Chelsea fan, I don't even think I would want European football next year at all. I think, you know, they're not gonna, obviously not going to make top four. So I wouldn't, wouldn't think they'd want to waste their time and in, in their energy in Europa League or the Conference League. You know, no disrespect there. But if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd definitely be looking forward to next season and be trying to, you know, use the rest of this year to get everything right and, and get everything mm. sorted for moving forward because it's, it's, it's getting beyond ridiculous, to be honest.